be, Doctor. The place is impregnable. Never cared much for the word impregnable. Sounds a bit too much like unsinkable. What's wrong with unsinkable? Nothing. As the iceberg said to the Titanic. What? Glup, 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 glup. Listen up, fanboys. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast, live from San Jose's preeminent Star Wars bar and grill, Seven Stars. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast with Derek McCaw. Thank you. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and we've got a packed show tonight. I am not here alone at the Seven Stars Bar and Grill. We've got, let's see, let's just kind of go around the circle. Over here in the Captain America t-shirt. Chris Knight. Over here, dressed as Captain Jack. It's all captains tonight. Charles McEthan. And Agent Carter. Yes, hello. Your also name. known as Louise Smythe. <laughs> <laughs> That's She's my secret name. <laughs> and, of course, podcast producer and the man who has set all this up here at Seven Stars Bar and Grill, Rick Brett Snyder. That's right. And, of course, if you're listening to us on iTunes, please rate us, review us, tell your friends, and subscribe. You can do the same on the Stitcher app. And, uh, of course, if you go, uh, you can also find us at fanboyplanet.com, where each and every episode of the podcast has its own page. While there, if you are uh, you listen to what we're talking about and there's something you want to purchase and you cannot find it at your local brick-and-mortar store, please feel free to use the handy-dandy Amazon search link right there on that page. As well as, if you really like the show and want to help support its existence on the... I can't say the air, on the internet, or on your iPod, or whatever you're listening to this on, please use that handy-dandy PayPal link to donate a little money to Fanboy Planet. And of course, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. Because we know each and every episode provides at least one moment in which you're shouting at the at your device, saying, "Why don't you know the answer to your own question?" That's because Charles is on. No, no, it's each and every episode. You're not on every episode. Oh, okay. And uh, that's because we we stretch. If we do not, if our grasp does not exceed our reach, thank you, Mr. Browning. Else, what's a heaven for? Yes. Uh, the what's only a fanboy for the only comics-related podcast in which we will quote Robert Browning this week. All right, so uh, that's a 19th-century poet, romantic poet. Anyway, uh, so uh, we do have a couple, a lot of news, comics, uh, movies, TV-related, game-related tonight as well. There's a lot of stuff happening Several in the gaming games. world. Um, but uh, we've got two events we want to talk about. Of course, tonight we're going to talk about Silicon Valley Comic Con because, or, or the Steve Wozniak Con. Wazcon, <laughs> um, and, and so, uh, but we have our special guest tonight because 
every time, or we try to every time that the Peers Society has uh, a themed uh, dance that has to do crosses over with the Fanboy Planet world. We like to have people on who are part of the show. So uh, we are here to talk about the with the Doctor dances on the Titanic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, 1912. That's There's it. a colon in there somewhere. I just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I colon have, 1912. <laughs> colon 1912. Uh, that's in April. So the, yes. the date for that is, Louise? That the, is April 2nd, I believe. Right, boys? Good Lord. Yes. It's, it's, yes. it's almost upon us. The All very right. first very Saturday soon. of April. Very, it's always the first Saturday of the month. It's what you're doing on the first Saturday of, of April. Yes. Excellent. You will be there and, on the Titanic. All right. And then we have another one following up on that. The following up uh, one is Captain America's Star Spangled Ball, 1944. He finally gets that dance. Or does he? That's the suspense oh, thing about see. that. Indeed, indeed. But you'll have to wait until you actually get there to find out. On the first Saturday of May. You'll find out. That's on the first Saturday of May. So there is, you know, April, May, June? Well, no. This, no, is, this one is in June. Oh, Captain no. America's see, in June. We've completely blown that in everybody's oh, no. brains. So June can I, is the Captain America ball. June are these, yes. 1944. Are these then them- thematically hooked? Are you going to have like a big iceberg in there for the Titanic? And well, then a couple weeks later, the- Steve Rogers thaws out of it? <laughs> <laughs> that would be good, but no. <laughs> that would since, be amazing. <laughs> since Chris Knight, who is here with us tonight, is actually playing uh, Steve Rogers, uh, I think it would be difficult to freeze him in the iceberg and uh, and keep him quiet have for you two tried? months. Just a matter of dedication. You know, I don't have the super serum, so I, I might right. lose some fingers That will be, by that the way, be. June 4th is the officially the first Saturday. All right, so let's talk about the Doctor Dances mm-hmm. first. Um so who worked on the scenario for this? You know, I, it was a collaboration this time. Uh, myself and Chris Erickson and uh, Kathleen all collaborated on the script. Chris contributed a lot to the scenario. I wrote most of the dialogue. So it's uh, it's definitely a group effort, but uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We should say that Chris is sitting over your shoulder just making sure that you say everything properly or he's going to bonk Dressed you the Dressed as head. the 12th Doctor. <laughs> yes, uh, with a I, huge seven stars uh, French fry. Dressed as the 12th Doctor. I know. Once you've had it, I'm, I'm holding uh-huh. off on my fries because once you've got a seven star French, French fry, fry. It's, you can't speak. No. Uh, uh, the, the, the other thing I think that's important to remind everybody is that uh, that what this is all about, what Piers is. Uh, you've studied really hard. You want to read <laughs> off the... Uh, the <laughs> that the is correct. So Piers stands for Period Events and Entertainments Recreation Society. Exactly. And what we do is we dance. And we have a great time dancing. And there are a lot of uh, local dance organizations that enjoy doing waltz and and swing and all these other sorts of events. What Piers does, though, is it takes the everyman and says, let's give it some fun, let's give it some historical context or some artistic context. Mm -hmm. This particular situation, the uh, the Doctor Dances, is a Doctor Who context. Uh, You would be arriving dressed however you choose to dance. We've had people show up in sweatpants, and that's totally acceptable. Yeah. But exactly. If you have a They've fantastic time traveled from the eighties, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Is that from season three? Yeah. Uh, Co- what, costumes you, are admired, but not required. If that's, you have a fantastic costume, yeah. it's a great place to wear it. And we have some people who come up in some amazing outfits. So mm-hmm. there are people who arrive at events simply to stand and look pretty, and that's we we love that. That's fine. If you that's if been you me a couple sh- of times. <laughs> uh, you're also welcome to uh, to show up having no idea idea how to dance. It took me 20 years That's to stop me a couple of times. <laughs> counting out loud to four while I waltz because yep. it's actually a three. three. Yeah. 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 yeah, It took me a long time to figure that out. That's why I can't do it. You taught me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, if so, you come, we'll straighten that out. Uh, <laughs> so the short version of that is what Piers does is, is allows you to enjoy an environment 
that is, in this case, Doctor Who, or in a few months, uh, Captain America, where you can explore and entertain your costume stuff, but also have a really good time, whether you're an expert dancer or a, or a totally novice dancer, having a good time dancing. Yeah, I showed up for the first time to Piers, just had never, never having danced before, aside from one dance class I took with Chris, and... It was a blast. I had a great time. I had no idea what I was doing, but it was really fun. So I highly recommend it. Don't be intimidated and come have fun with us. Piers is really like the best private party that you have an invitation to. <laughs> I mean, it, it really is an incredible event. I and hope that's on the website. Yes, I think <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> because if that's not the tagline now, that should be. Yes. Uh, so I mean, I want to talk about it in terms of like it's also kind of immersive theater. We, we talked about a scenario. It's not just... You don't show up dressed up. There's a story going through the night. And uh, how many years ago was this? Uh, two years ago that we had uh, Charles Yu and uh, Lee press on uh, uh, yes. uh, Lee press on the nails. You were you were Bruce Wayne and the Joker for a Gotham ball. And I mean, there's a plot. So is there a challenge for you, uh, either Chris, if they want to step in, uh, to talk to talk about about writing and writing a scenario, writing dialogue in which. There are these dances in between, and, and you got to do something strong enough to catch everybody's attention yet again, you know, to make the plot make sense. Or do people not pay attention? Well, you know, we kind of have a mix. Um, I think that there's, you know, any script that you're writing for a theater, for film, or whatever, you know, you have to balance some of the constraints of the medium. And Piers is a medium. You know, you have to encapsulate the story in these little breaks, you know, between the dance sets. And you also kind of want to put the important plot points where people will actually be there for it. You know, sometimes people like to come later to the ball, and so you want to keep those details so a little on later on the evening. Um, but definitely it's... I mean, the point of it is to have fun, even in the script writing, so, you know, it's not... Even if you're not catching every little detail of the scenario, you're getting to see your favorite characters run around and interact, the doctors save the day, you know, Captain America fights Hydra, it's... It's just a joy to behold. So, give, give us a taste of, of this. I mean, the, the title does not hold. The Doctor Dances on the Titanic, colon, 1912. What is this evening about that the title doesn't tell us? Well, we have a little synopsis written. Thank you. you. And uh, I'll just read it here. Due to some kind of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey mix-up, the Doctor finds himself on board the RMS Titanic on the evening of April 14th, 1912. Again, what will he do? Obviously dance! Bangers and Mash plays the greatest hits of the Edwardian age, from elegant waltzes to sizzling ragtime. Join us in first class for an evening of dancing and adventure at the very Edwardian Alameda Elks Lodge, built just four years before the Titanic's maiden voyage. Edwardian costume, 1900 to 1912, or Doctor Who-inspired costume, is admired but not required, as I said earlier. Um, so you can dress like you're an early... In the early season of Downton Abbey or in any season of Doctor Who, but the costumes really are admired but not required. <laughs> and so I'm going to be fascinated to see how deep the Doctor Who cosplay goes oh, on this. It's pretty oh, deep. it goes, it goes deep. Uh, we have Daleks. We have Daleks. I have to say that uh, in, in past Doctor Who balls, uh, I think my favorite uh, outfits that I have seen was a, uh, a completely Victorian ballroom gown. That when you really paid attention, she was actually a Dalek. Yes, I've seen that. Uh, it's amazing. Everything except the plunger. 
Uh, and uh, we had uh, we had two weeping angels that I'm hoping mm. I'm, I'm sending out there across the uh, the microwaves. Uh, I hope you guys show up again because you were total strangers, but you were the best costume ever at a uh, at a Doctor Who ball. Uh, did they at least right behind have, you now? Did they at least? Uh, have I'm not looking. I'm not, I'm not blinking. Did they at least <laughs> at least put sunglasses on so they didn't have to necessarily? Be oh no, they were they were crazy. Were they freezing? In the way that Very they would freeze character. and cover their eyes. They no. were they were there just to do that, and it was fantastic. It was fun. The only thing that peers take seriously about what we do is having a good time and trying our best to be uh, to be accurate about the history that we're presenting, even if it's a fictional history. We really work very hard to uh, to not cheat against what we're presenting. Apart from that, we just want people to have fun, and it's amazing how many people walk away from our events having learned not just how to dance and enjoy themselves or experience live interaction instead of internet interaction, but will sometimes walk away with with some new knowledge about, even if it's what some people think is not real history, like a Doctor Who event, people are learning about literacy and Mm. history, and they walk away going, I never (laughs) knew that that's what happens. Uh, and, and that's one of the things that, that makes us, as the people who run Piers, really happy right after making people smile and have a really good time dancing. Cool. Well, and I just got to say, who wouldn't want to dance with the 10th, 11th, and 12th Doctors? They will all be there. And Dr. Jack Harkness. And, of course, Captain. Jack Harkness. Captain. <laughs> oh, nice. Captain Jack Harkness will be there. Well, the, like the other play. Doctor is smacking him in the head right now. I, yeah. <laughs> I like to play Doctor now and then. Oh, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Chris. He's Doctor. Saucy, saucy man. <laughs> I brought please. it. I brought it. Okay. <laughs> He's uh, Doctor of his own philosophy. <laughs> oh, Lord. I have a doctorate um, in being Jack. You know, you do sort of feel like John Barrowman right now, who's constantly trying to inject himself back into this, yes. into it, you know, constantly in interviews. By yeah. the end of the night, we've all had a little Jack Harkness inside us. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> well, you will. Um, and uh, the master and Missy will be there as well. Oh, oh excellent. Yes. Both. So. Which master? Oh, you'll have, just have to come find oh, out. Right. So, so you asked a little bit about the scenario. You know, part of the fun of this I'm one is... I'm putting money on the Eric Roberts one just for the... Ba- yeah, okay, <laughs> Possibly. We, we often have the doctors col- collaborate at the events and so we're going to have the different masters collaborate as well because anything the doctor does of course the master wants to try out himself well actually yeah, this is this came up at Gallifrey 1 this is the long overdue episode you know that we need the masters the living masters to to show up since the doctors crossover why yeah, haven't they gotten together exactly you know um is anybody going to be Derek Jacobi? That's, I, I guess that could be mine. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not going to go. Uh, so <laughs> I, uh, I got I to gotta watch my dog that night. Uh, anyway, so let's talk about the Captain America. The, what, are we, what, are we, what is the official title of Captain America? Captain America's Star Spangled Ball, 1944. All righty. So, uh, Chris, were you involved? Either Chris, were you involved in the scenario? Yeah, or, I'm writing the scenario for that one. Okay. Oh, writing. It's still there. We can influence it right now. Okay. Yes. It's, yes. it's, it's in progress. The idea is that it's close, close to the eve of the captain's final mission. Um, and Tony Stark, I'm sorry, Howard Stark is holding Howard, a, yes. I know, uh, Howard is holding a fundraiser. Get out. Okay. <laughs> I, I knew that was going to happen. I knew it. I knew it. It's easy to mix them up sometimes. We yeah. have They're, to start over. They both have the mustaches, you know. Yes. <laughs> they both were womanizers, yeah. Anyway, yeah, they both so, love the ladies. So... 
Howard is holding a fundraiser in London. Um, mm-hmm. So we may have a scene with the USO girls and the captain uh, mm-hmm. doing his buy war bond speech. Excellent. Yes. Uh, the, the, I've seen the costumes for that, and they're pretty good. Um, but uh, definitely Hydra is going to make an appearance. And No, they won't. They're not allowed in my, my, my vault. <laughs> Are you Howard? That was Howard. But I'm you Howard. didn't set up the security. Moving if you forward. had, it would be better. Anyway. Don't worry. You have Agent Kata. Howard so. likes the challenge. I mean, let's face it. He probably wants to put, put it through the paces. So, you know. Yeah. Well, you've got to have a few to, to try it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, All yeah. Right. It's going to be fun. Okay. So, I have a real nerd continuity question there. Absolutely. If you're going to have this ball, and Agent Carter's there, mm-hmm. and Steve Rogers is there, and the whole thing that broke my heart at the end of First Avengers... And Winter Soldier is they never got oh, their dance. No, they can't. Is dance. this requiring a Gallifreyan interference in which they will forget having the dance? I mean, that was even a some plot form point of time bubble in Avengers: <laughs> Age of Ultron was the was the illusion that they'd had their dance. So I have actually put a lot of thought into this because one of the things we actually try to do is we're going to break Louise's leg right before the dance and oh you know Peggy would dance on it anyway she's that that's true that's so true she loves Steve Hydra will knock her unconscious right before (laughs) for me I try really hard not to break continuity with uh, and the red skull will go go undercover oh I've given away the plot point right (laughs) spoilers I try not to break continuity with the universes that we're playing with you know just as a a personal point of pride I appreciate that I have have a solution for this, but you will have to come to the ball to see what it is. Um, but so will Peggy and Steve get their dance? Come I think what, find out. I think what you can say. And the editors of Peers will have to severely supervise whether or not, because there happens to be a romantic relationship between the two actors, whether or not must the you, writer, Charles, mm-hmm. must you. <laughs> I think I think yes. what we can say is that there's going to be some interaction between Peggy and Steve, and that if if like you, you've had that moment where you never got to see them dance and have been holding on to that hope. There will be something there for you, but at the same time, it's not going to break that continuity either. So I got a fanboy moment. If you were Derek, Derek, if you were going to cast... I am Derek. If you were... <laughs> Derek, if you were... <laughs> Derek, if you were, Derek. If you were... As I have been known to be. Going to, going to pick a Captain America villain from all of the Captain America villains, not bound by time, of course, who dances, which one would you choose? <laughs> Because I know who I would choose. Oh, uh, I got to think of the of, of the female ones. I, you know, because I was but not dance with. I'm no, 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 no. Not he, he wouldn't. I'm getting confused. Oh, oh. <laughs> no. You know what I'm thinking of is I went really obscure, uh, and she's not a villain, but it's uh, Rick Jones's uh, wife, the Ecdysiast. Oh yes. Uh, so. Uh, where Steve did not know what an Ecdysiast was. He yes, thought that was a supervillain. Yes. Um, uh, so, uh, uh, was his Madam Mask? The not really. No, We've never seen the But, but see, I'm confused by Agent Carter, the show right and now, it, where she right, is the... Right. Mine is actually a male. Oh. A villain. Oh, Batroc the Leaper? Because, exactly. of course, he must be a ballet. He must know the is that fine art of, of ballet. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the savat... Um, yes. 
He, he appears briefly in Winter Soldier. He's the oh, one who takes yes. over the, the end of Winter Soldier. Who yes. at the beginning, he takes the, the thing no, survives. no, that's no, that's, that's crossbones. Yeah, that's crossbones. He's at the beginning. Uh, Bat Rock is at the. Me being is, me again. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, that, you know. So anyway, yes. Charles is back. No, no, because it's it, the because first really, the movie. in any other situation, you'd come across looking good, and we'd be ultra. But now you're in my house. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, why you, know. you invite me back time and time again. <laughs> it makes me feel better. Okay. Yeah. I look around surrounded by reassuring pictures from Star Wars. Okay, <laughs> show. Anyway, so... Uh, but yeah. Yoda's behind you scowling. He is scowling. Uh, scowling, he is. Uh, I just don't, I, I don't, have, the, I don't have the throat to, to oh do God, that. Oh, my God, a Yoda Nazi. Yeah, a Yoda ah, Nazi. No, that'd be wrong. That'd be wrong. <laughs> anyway. Wait, Hydra, you must. Thank you. There all right, you so... Uh, all right, so that's June 4th, and we can, yes. people can find out information at... Wait, I have it. PeersDance.org. That's yes. correct. And uh, you can go to links there, but if you're interested in Captain America uh, Star Spangled Ball, it's cap- it's PeersDance.org slash Captain America dot HTML. And we'll have all that in the liner notes. Absolutely. And of course, we have the Facebook page for Peers as mm-hmm. well and those sorts of things, but uh, it's it's in Alameda. That's something that we haven't mentioned yet. Yes. The Alameda Elks Lodge. Yes. Ah. Built in 1908 Avenue. because is, you said beautiful. it was four years before the Titanic song. Mm-hmm. And it yeah, is yes. an absolutely <laughs> gorgeous dance hall. Yeah. Um, we almost don't have to do anything for decoration because you just sort of stand... There was one one dance that I went to where I just laid down in the middle of the floor and stared at the ceiling, and it oh, was yeah. so gorgeous. Did, did you have your on, on or off for that? Uh, that's for people to find out when they show up at the next ball, because I'm Jack Harkness. All right, well, let's <laughs> move on to comics, then. Uh, okay, thanks so much, guys, for coming. You are, of course, always welcome to stick around and nerd out with us and talk about the, about the news. Excellent. And uh, so let's have some conversations. There we go. Uh, so we're going to do some comics news. We've got some movie news. We've got some TV news. But first... It feels like this is an ep- this may t- accidentally be an episode uh, revolving around Han Solo because, of course, Marvel or at least Harrison Ford. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, well, well, no, because there's Han Solo news too, Indeed. which I just uh, I mean, but it's still more the non-news rumor thing. But we do know that Marvel is releasing a Han Solo miniseries, five issues, starting in June. I see Louise shaking. He's my favorite Star Wars character of all time. Ever since I was a child. He's everybody's I, favorite Star I'm Wars so character. I'm so excited. That is true. And that, yeah, all right. That's He's the, the only actor who is willing to go against George Lucas in direction. Amazing. Did I just say Continue. that? No, no, it's, it's, it's a matter of public record. It's, it's fine. It's a famous quote. So, so when is the time period of the, the comics going to be set? Because they're going to explore his past in one of the spin-offs. Okay, movies. now there's nothing that Marvel does that is not approved of by the by the Lucasfilm overlords now. Right, what it's all canon doing, now. What they've been doing with the comics is set between A New Hope so far, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. And uh, by the way, it's a perfect opportunity to say if you haven't been reading those Marvel comics, Darth uh, Vader, reading. I've been catching up on Darth Vader and Marvel oh, yeah. Unlimited. I'm telling you. And that book is I per- it's I the best. I love I can't remember, I can't remember what the C- the evil C3PO's oh, name yes. is. But that's a character I desperately want to see in a movie, but not a PG-13 rated movie. Right, uh, right, right. You know, uh, uh, the C-3PO is psychotic. But uh, the plots in that are just amazing yeah. and wonderful. His motivation, his, awa- his way of fighting around and, and the it's Empire. Kind of, and, which, and it brings up questions that I really didn't know I had. Like, at what point did he realize that Luke was his son? Yeah. And it's handled very well in both the ongoing Star Wars book and in Darth Vader. Yep. And so I have nothing but hope. Because the irritating thing about Marvel's Star Wars books has been, unlike the original run of Star Wars, it's all good. Yeah. I haven't picked even the Chewbacca, which should not have worked. 
Well, yeah. You know, it, it, it's fun. It's not fan. You know, it's not like it's not a story you had to have, but it, but it shouldn't have worked. A character that can't speak anything but grunts and growls, and it's still a, a, a compelling. I'm compelling sorry, book. I am Groot worked too. That, that, well, but, but I don't think Chewbacca would have worked if I am Groot if Groot had not. You know, so, okay, yeah, but uh, and, and Groot always has Rocket. So you, you're right. There's creation there. Uh, go home and triumph. All right, so. Uh, speaking of going home and triumph, then we get we get sleep so that we can go to Silicon Valley Comic Con. I'm resting up now. This weekend, are you? I know it feels like we <laughs> have to. like ten hours of sleep a night. Get it recovering from Cinequest and then. Going out. <laughs> I know it's it's kind of bad time. It's so much going on. I mean, I got cause I got an email from somebody for WonderCon and said, "Are you coming down?" No, I, I do not have Sorry. the strength. I you know death no, wish. No longer there's too many things going on, but the inaugural Silicon Valley Comic Con, which is it uh, feels like it's much bigger. Than the, uh, the the big Wow Comic Fest, which will still exist as a convention within the convention, it's, it's sort of Doctor Who ish. It's like it's bigger on the inside. It feels <laughs> it feels still ambiguous to me. I still don't have a that, sense. And of it. that's an awkward thing to be in three days before it opens. Yeah. I don't disagree, or two days before. I, I don't disagree with you. What I've seen is a lot of Steve Wozniak appearing, like on Conan last week, yeah. wearing a Silicon Valley Comic Con shirt. I've seen an There's interview with, on Yahoo, and I've seen an interview in USA Today, but I haven't seen much locally except Sal Pizarro writing things. But yeah. but I don't think there's anything more than he had a great column this morning. Yeah, but it's 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 Waz talking about well, there are lots of nerds in the Silicon Valley, and then they talk about know, the movie stars they're having, and that's about it. And I'm like, well, it's not really a comic con. It's you know. Well, we know that like Mick Gray, there are some locals that are yeah. still here, but uh, Eric Larson is not going to be coming down. Uh, uh, there, there are some no big Marvel or DC booths. No, no, mm-hmm. because well, they've got WonderCon the next weekend, and they yeah. had uh, then they just have Emerald City Comic Con as well, like a week or two ago. And I mean, I've talked to people from Marvel and DC, and, and even uh, even Dark Horse has said it's like it, there's just too many. But you know to who is going to be there, and I know you know who is going to be there. Michael J. Fox. Oh, you mean William Shatner? No, more important than oh, that. Uh, Louise apparently did not know that William Shatner was going to be there. <laughs> Yes. I did not know that. He is celebrating <laughs> the 50th anniversary of Star Trek at Silicon Valley Comic Con. More that important awesome. than that. Seven Stars Bar and Grill. That's true. Thank you. Silicon I would have gotten down the note there. They're going to be at booth 1025. They're going to have a prize wheel, prizes, tattoos, all kinds of... Not actual real tattoos. They'll be a little transfer... A bit, you know... They're not going to sell anything. They're, they're just there to promote. Promotion. Pure promotion. Um, cool prizes. They will have Jabba the Hutt there. You can get your picture taken with Jabba I the Hutt. I didn't know he was tra- that he could travel. He I thought I thought that once he was His here. His tail comes off. Shh, don't tell oh. me. <laughs> um, he grows it right back. It happens, uh, it happens <laughs> to like huts of a certain age. Uh, so, yeah, and, and, and there may be more. I was talking to Paul a little before the podcast about things they were trying to arrange to have there. But if you have not yet come down to Seven Stars Bar and Grill, this is a perfect time to swing by the booth get information about it, and then come here afterwards. I don't know if he's throwing a party or not, but uh, I'm sure something will break out here So uh, at no, Seven no, Stars no, no. Bar and Grill. Uh, as well, we've got a few friends there. Like I said, Mick Gray will be there, Gaz Gretzky, who just launched uh, his first Kickstarter for uh, his new book, The Horror. Yes. Uh, with the Horror A4, which is a tribute to kaiju and uh, the, the superheroes that love them. Looks really good. People should check that out on Kickstarter. Yeah. I, I can say I've read the scripts. And it, it is really good. It's a really cool, really cool story. So uh, I've got to check it out on Kickstarter because I didn't know he was launching one, and then suddenly it's there, and I got to. That's I gotta Gaz G A Z 
Gretzky. G-R-E-T-S-K-Y. No, Z-K-Y. You're right. Z-K-Y. All right. And then, of course, this is a day in which nerddom and the real world collided magnificently. That It wasn't enough that Obama... Uh, President Obama was going to nominate someone for the Supreme Court. Remember the good old days when Count- he appeared on Spider-Man and everybody thought that was the ultimate? Everybody thought that was cool? <laughs> I, that's like the death of Superman issue. How many How yeah. many Superman 75s and how many uh, Amazing Spider-Mans? Is it 347? I, no I don't remember what number it is. With the Obama thumbs up. And by the way, let's also throw out Greatest American Hero number 3, written by Derek McCaw. Uh, and William Catt also does have Obama. And that was our best-selling issue. And that was at an extra price. It was double-sized. Yeah. Uh, and that sold really well. Um, so everybody loved Obama. And, I, you know, actually, though, to be, not to get political, it's just that his approval rating is up over 50% right now. So people do. At least half the country loves him. Uh, or at least half the country polled. They're comparing him with the people they're seeing uh, running. <laughs> like, can we repeal that amendment and have a third term? Uh, and he's God. nominated someone who is a fellow nerd. Uh, Merrick Garland. Uh, not only uh, you know, are people like doing a double take with that headline and thinking that Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz will now be on the Supreme Court, <laughs> uh, but Merrick Garland, a moderate, uh, moderate judge, we know nothing about him besides, besides this very salient fact. In order to put himself through law school, he did the unthinkable. He sold his comic book collection. So Aww. if he gets approved... I don't know why I said that. Of course, it's not going to happen. But, uh, but, uh, but at least on the national stage, one of us is up there, up to be Supreme Court. You couldn't imagine Scalia reading Spider-Man. <laughs> no, I can't imagine Scalia reading. No, no, no. I think he probably read the Bible comics that were popular in the forties. Uh, I so. can imagine reading little stapled booklets. Oh, the Jack Chick tracks. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Um, and we just lost a couple of farmers in Idaho. Uh, so bye. It, it happens. Uh, all right. So that's the real world news. Let's get back to our own and let's play the game we call What's in the Bag? It's What's not, in the Bag? It's not really a game. This confused Louise earlier. She thought that there was something at stake, and it's not. I didn't not. know what was going on. Every, <laughs> everybody wins. Everybody wins. What's, <laughs> what's in, the in the bag? All right, Rick, what's first in your bag this week? First in my bag is the $8 comic book for this week, which Whoa. is Legends of Tomorrow, starring Firestorm. Sugar and Spike, Metamorpho, and the Metal Men. And this is not your father's Sugar and Spike. This no. is uh, a grown-up set of Sugar and Spike. We've got Metamorpho. It's a new look for Metamorpho, at least from the cover. Uh, the Metal Men, which look freaking awesome. Wow. I want to be fair to that Metamorpho. It's a new, new look because he's had like three Yeah, yeah. In the 21st it's century. True. It's true. Depending on continuities. Um, this is, it's a, it's a square-bound comic for eight bucks. It's solid. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of story in here. Uh, the art all looks fabulous. Look at those. I mean, oh my gosh. look at the metal men in that. Well, I, I started the reading guy. the Firestorm story yeah. and I liked that Jerry Conway, the original creator, is back on writing. Excellent. And um, he's desperately trying not to violate the new 52 continuity while still restoring Firestorm to the feel of why people liked it in the first place instead of the version that they tried with the new 52. Now, so, what I haven't figured out yet is, I haven't read enough into this or read done my research, as to whether or not this is going to be $8 every time it comes out or yes, if they're going to shrink it down. Because okay, so what this is is four miniseries they had previously announced combined so in one book. One. So it's, it's roughly the equivalent of what Dark Horse does with mm-hmm. the Dark Horse Presents book. And I'd say it's, it's, uh, it's near that in quality as well. So 
this this just stood out as something we needed to talk about. But remember when a book that size cost a quarter? I remember when, but you know, <laughs> I don't. Um, it, it wasn't as shiny. Though. I will tell you something. Not in my no, lifetime. That is quite true. That's true. They were the quarter books were not this shiny. They were not this well bound. They still they had, they had like three staples along the edge, and the paper would not. You can drip water in this paper; it would run off. Mm. I wouldn't of recommend absorb. It, I wouldn't do it either, but you could. We yeah. could do it with yours. This is the third time tonight that I have had an open opportunity to say something really vulgar and haven't. Except now I just did. You want a prize? Yes. No. Have a, have a, have a fry. You <laughs> another one of my fries. So that's it. That's mine. My first. All right. Um, then I'm going to go to, uh, because I, I feel like I have every week, uh, every time that this has been up, the latest issue of Huck, issue number five. is is a six-issue miniseries. Which is going to be turned into a television series, allegedly. Mark Miller keeps talking about that. Um, for those at the table who don't know Huck, uh, <laughs> as he looks at Charles, <laughs> it is not it is not Huck Finn. It is um, Mark Miller, who is the creator of Kickass. You may be familiar with that film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, Mark Miller, uh, after seeing Man of Steel, felt that he needed a response to it. He felt a, a little, and I, I should say, he at least admits he was as responsible as anyone for the anti-hero kind of idea okay. and the violence going too far. Yeah. So he has basically created, if Superman were a Frank Capra film set in 2015, 2016, okay. uh, and Huck is this orphan left. And there the, was no marketing department. Uh, that's right. <laughs> and and uh, he is this orphan left on, on the steps of an orphanage. So the, the small town raises him and agrees to keep quiet about his abilities. He's, he works at the local gas station in the small town, and every day he has a list and he performs a good deed. And then a reporter moves to town, and she spills the beans that he exists. Okay. And so uh, every ep- every issue I read with bated breath, like, because it's Mark Miller, he's going to blow this premise, or he's going to turn it, there's going to be a dark, dark spin. That You're I'm gonna, not caught up on it, are you? I do, no, I'm caught up. Are you are? The dark, but, but the dark spin that happened makes perfect sense. Okay. It do, it's not a dark spin on the character. Right. It's, it's a, it's a Capra a twist, because you term. know that right. in Capra right. films. The innocent is always betrayed and then gets his darkest moment and comes back. He has not betrayed that at all. Right, true. And and this issue uh, redeems, I think, are you caught up? I read number five. Did you read, I, did you I read, read today. So. Okay. So um, it is re- it is redeemed and, and leading towards uh, the ending that I want. I, you know, of course, there's still an issue. He could totally mess me up. But, uh, but I believe, might. and he might, but I believe this is going to go where I want it to go. And I couldn't be happier. I don't see how this is going to be a TV series. I'd love to see this movie, but I, I just don't know how it'll be a series. You just hope they don't blow it when they do a TV series. Well, it could be like Supernatural, where there's what twelve, thirteen series. Oh, that went to twelve. Seasons. Yeah, they just announced there's twelve, uh, twelve wow. seasons. Uh, it's renewed again because Distress. they have actually because they have made an actual deal with the actual devil. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically, I don't think Lucifer's going to get a second season. All right, so <laughs> they, they beat Smallville's record now, right? Anyway, yeah, Smallville was 10 seasons. Uh, so and should have just been the last 3. All right, so <laughs> so my second my second is the Infinity Entity, which this is issue 2, but we were on hiatus when issue 1 came out. Well, it's um, a weekly as well, right? It was well, Yeah, yeah. So the um this is uh figuring mostly Adam Warlock and uh, Thanos. And with one of my favorite, I mean, it's it's Starlin penned, Alan Davis doing the artwork. Alan Davis, who's been one of my and favorite artists since Jim I Jim Starlin, who created Thanos in the first place, right. and Warlock. That's awesome. Jim Starlin, Alan Davis, um, Davis, who uh, just was so awesome in 2000 AD and invented so much of the cool Marvel English 
characters that eventually UK got brought over to the U.S. Britain, Excalibur, um, and I love his artwork. Destin. I, I, I yeah the yeah I I love his his big spreads. I love his when he does uh, he does infinite stuff. His use of white space on a page. Yeah, that's beautiful. Just incredible. Um, there's a shot of all the uh, celestial, not celestial, and, and I haven't read the second issue, but the first issue felt like it's like, also a trip through. It looks like it's going to be a trip through Marvel history. That's too. Doctor Strange in the 1970s, uh, you know, is, right is, there. I can't see. Is that you blue mask? Could you imagine that? I know that we have a listener audience who can't see what you're showing me, but imagine that as a back tattoo. Yeah, I can. Yeah, it's it, he has it's it eternity. right now. It's all. It's a Watcher, the Stranger, Eon. Uh, the cel- there's a Celestial in there. Uh, yeah. That would, uh, that would go shoulder This blade, is shoulder This blade. is cosmic marvel at its best. Okay. Yeah, I'm really digging the artwork. That's great. Yeah. And my second book is... Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. So it's uh, Irwin Allen's Lost in Space, The Lost Adventures. Oh! From American <laughs> Gothic Press. So it may not be at, be at your local store because it's a smaller press. It's from Famous Monsters of Filmland. It's... Uh, it's their comic book imprint, and this is actually based on two unproduced TV scripts by one of the original writers of Lost in Space. Okay. So, I picked it up for exactly the reason that I was like, oh my god! Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, I so I have no idea at the moment if it's any good other than it's history and if you're a Lost in Space fan. Yeah. And I know that many of the people who listen to this podcast are, uh, you know, the original cast, the original concept, not one of the redos that they've tried. It's the original 60s. 60s version. It's not like the... the it's don't don't push past our fair use. All right? Sorry. What? I can't afford ASCAP. <laughs> All right. Was he, did he just pull off he his was, shirt and have a little... No, he, well, he showed his Dr. Smith tattoo. I, oh. won't, t- I won't tell you where it is. Oh, no. okay, no, yeah. No. no. William. No. Just danger, like, danger! <laughs> danger, Will <laughs> Robinson, danger! <laughs> so my special item this week yes. is the Star Wars... Original tr- trilogy graphic novel in hardback, 207 pages of brand new artwork um, that is done in a very and and I'm turning it. You can tell that it's like uh, metallic ink show, on the show cover. Show the audience over there. You can see you see the lightsabers going on the front cover. Um, we'll flip to a random page and just let let people it's very cartoony gosh at the. Uh, it's very manga. It's very uh, yeah. It's, it's very it, Japanese. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, this is my confusion. I don't see that because there is a manga. Right. Yes, it's so good too. Right. And so you I don't, don't like, know I don't why know. this book <laughs> exists because there is there are Marvel deluxe editions. It's a good question. Why does this book fantastic. exist? And when I picked this up. I, I looked at it from like page one, and I paged through it, and I paged through it, and I paged through it, and there is on the cover through ninety nine point two percent of the book, there is nothing that lets you know what the creative team is, mm-hmm. right. and it isn't until the the last page after the story that among twenty other names of people who who. <laughs> Worked within the offices where it was created. They actually see the person who scripted it and who wrote. And, and who is? Who are they? Uh, I, I didn't. I don't remember the names. But I think this is a. This is a. Um, this is kind of foretelling. This is the because di- it, it looks the Disney to, a to come. Distance. It looks Disney animation to me. Right. It doesn't look. So, so the the characters are actually very stylized, but the hardware looks great, and I really appreciate when they get the hardware details, like the Falcon and the X Wings. From look a distance, right. this looks like a Disney inf- Infinity adaptation. 
Yeah, no, well, you, if you take a look at it, but if you look look at this page, I'm afraid to because I've yeah. just had greasy French oh, fries. Okay. You know, it, so. it was, oh, it's I'll only, hold it. It's only twenty five dollars. That book it's is evil. only twenty five dollars suggested retail price, which I think is just amazing costing. They know they're going to sell uh, a ton of it. Yeah. But you look at the, they have an, instead of an artist, they have an art team that starts with the manager of the art team. Mm. It's like. This is ah no now I get this okay Disney Publishing Worldwide so I suspect it's made for brick. Well, no, I suspect that this is originally Italian comics. The team is all Italian, so okay, uh, which is like a free for all in Disney licensing right now, and that's why we can have uh, which we run on the side a little bit. uh, What is the company uh, that's doing Mickey X the X the or X Mickey? Uh, and then IDW has Walt Disney Comics and Stories. And I did ask uh, that publisher, why am I blank? Paper cuts. Yeah. Oh, explain how these licenses have gotten sliced up. Because Joe Books is doing is doing Frozen and Big Hero 6 and then this, as comics. And then uh, Paper Cuts has Tinkerbell. And they have this ex-Mickey, which is sort of a super... Mickey as Mulder, basically, uh, but was right. done for Italian comics, and so <laughs> I'm, I'm so lost and confused. Mickey Mouse as Mulder as Fox Scully? Mulder, yeah, yeah. Basically, he's a supernatural detective with uh, with a with mouse ears with a lycanthrope who it looks like Goofy, and so he's investigating the supernatural. Okay, it's a ladies and gentlemen series. out no, there in the public, I your head just exploded. Uh, before not I anymore. Came here yeah, <laughs> um, I was going to say, you mean recently? Well, as I've often said, there's no point in drugs when you're a comic book reader. <laughs> <laughs> We're already there. But even Amen. though I, I ding them on their on the on the, it credits, looks like an incredible value. Um, it, it's and it's really well done. Uh, the the yeah. reading yeah. the story, the story just whips along. The artwork is great. I just picked it up thinking I'm just going to. I, I sat, th- sat there for five minutes reading, reading and reading and reading. Okay, yeah, I'm going to buy but, this. Yeah, I'm I totally going to pick up a copy I, of I that. I kind of want to pick it up because I, I honestly, I don't think way back when, as much as I loved it when I was the right age for it, the Roy Thomas, Howard Chaikin adaptation right. was that great. Well, they weren't they weren't dealing with the same kind of technology for And they also art, weren't dealing with the phenomenon. Art. Yeah. You know, I mean... I, they were doing uh, an adaptation of a movie and it was selling for a quarter. You that know? they didn't think was going to do well. Yeah. yeah. You know, so. so... No one did. Let's go back to that time when everybody... Thought Star Wars was going to bomb, except for Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yes, uh, except for Steven Spielberg. Uh, so good man. All right, so let's go. Well, let's talk about him because we're going to go to movies next anyway. Speaking of Steven, Steven Spielberg, Spielberg. Uh, it was announced this week by Lucasfilm indeed that Indiana Jones Five is going to be made with a with a ninety year old Harrison Ford. No, um, <laughs> that's wrong. Seventy two. Uh, he's seventy two. He's somewhere in there. Yeah, and they've already set a, a release date. Which to me is dangerous, and, and only not because it's a I. Lie. Uh, no, the because the date is always a lie. No, it's not. Not for okay. not for no, Disney. No, it is not, and, and not for any of the studios. It, it's a it's a very careful game, being played. It has changed. I would I see. Maybe I'm thinking the technological world. You're thinking of software. I'm thinking it, software. Software release. No, dates are always movie a lie. release dates are set are largely set in stone, and the danger I see is that Harrison Ford has become rather accident prone yeah. doing stunts and so I'm afraid that him that locking it into a 2018 release I think is what I read today oh wow 2018 yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to run something tonight 18 or 19 but yeah, yeah it was 18 yeah. 
18? 18. Yeah. Are they going to take away his pilot's license for a couple months? I think they'd have. I mean, honestly, I think, but it's not It's not that. You also have to make make sure the set doesn't the attack set him. The set doesn't attack him, yeah. As that's what happened on Sliding the Falcon. Yeah. Um, you know, so, um, no rolling boulders in this one. I what guess. we notice is, is Spielberg's back to direct. George Lucas's name is mysteriously absent from everything, but I think that's. I don't think that. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't think that's a bad thing. I also don't think it's the bad idea that people think. As long as you get rid of Mutt, um, ignore that that happened, maybe. Uh, but can we keep the, mar- the marriage to Marion? Well, the, the joke, the joke on the well, internet right now killed. is that at some point Mutt will kill his father with a saber. <laughs> oh. oh! Yeah, I've seen that. God. It but, still hurts. But, you know, I, here's my problem with it is, is this time. is it, really the third film sort of made that farewell. It was the father-son. It was the last. It was the yeah. you know, yeah. from storytelling. He started swinging from trees in another. These now are, it's yeah. the, oh, wait, wait. There's more I have to tell you. And yet, there is something that could be cool about the, you know, almost like the League of Historian Gentlemen. If you take Indiana Jones as the Alan Quatermain figure, and I mean, yeah. I mean the graphic novel, not the uh, not, not the, the film. Let's right. not talk uh, about the film. Yeah, it's all right. But uh, but there's something that you say goodbye to the character or reboot if you want with someone, some other actor as young as the younger. Indiana Wouldn't it be Jones. cool to have Indiana Jones meet she? <laughs> I think the logical. I mean, this occurred to me on the way over. Um, the logical thing is that the last, and you can correct me because you're more familiar, I think you stayed awake for more of it than I did, on Stranger <laughs> Tides, Pirates of the Caribbean, was right. about looking for the Fountain of Youth. Yes. What else is a 72-year-old archaeologist going it's to true. look for? It's true. Well, it is the Fountain of Youth. Yeah. And I think there could be an interesting, as was once planned by Disney, um, he turns a, cross- into Chris Pratt. a crossover, no, a crossover with Pirates of the Caribbean. The original, the original plan for the plot in which Jack Sparrow was going to look for the Fountain of Youth was to cross over with National Treasure. National Treasure 3 would have been a search for the Fountain of Youth as well, and they would have found Jack Sparrow and Captain Barbosa okay, at each other's throats through eternity, basically. This, in this goes along with my Illuminati proposal. But let's not, I mean, come on, a Johnny Depp and Harrison Ford crossover? Somewhere in their films. They're all what? All films ought to have a TARDIS somewhere in the backdrop of their scenes. Disney Let's does crossover. Disney everything. does not own Doctor Who yet. Yet, yet. Um, I think we were all there. It's almost like I'm trying to get the timing right, but I realized, crap! I'm not going to beat everybody else saying we, it. We didn't rehearse this. No, I know. <laughs> Nor should we have, because it's not that good a joke. But because I mean, we've said it on the podcast many times, uh, I think it's a, it's it's logical. Well, Disney will own us all. In fact, I have Andy tattooed on my foot right now. Um, so, uh, hang on, don't look, and don't look, no, no, because I'm ticklish. Anyway, um, <laughs> that was the stupidest thing I could have said tonight. Anyway, uh, so tonight. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. So I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. There'd be a Jack Sparrow crossover, but I think that'd be a logical uh, MacGuffin for him is to look for the Fountain of Youth. Because, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it'd be fun and say farewell, accept aging, and do it gracefully. And there's a chance to make a final actual statement and not just uh, through, you know, a billion dollars. So so there's that. There's that. There's that. Yes. Although I'm all for Chris Pratt, too. Except didn't somebody else snap up Chris Pratt for another franchise, too? Oh, not just yeah. Jurassic uh, World. Not oh, just Guardians of the Galaxy. He's in that Passengers movie. But that's not a franchise. But it's no, not a franchise. There's a franchise. There's a franchise somebody I thought. Yeah. That script is incredible, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I'm excited to see that. Right. I'm pretty sure you're right. I can't remember what it was now. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll figure it out. 12. No, 
we're not ready to combine all those franchises yet. Not yet, because that's what's happening. That's what I think. What, what kind of bothers me is that everything is getting melted so far together that it's becoming mud. You, you mean like Batman v Superman? I, oh, <laughs> perfect segue. Thank you for the segue, Charles. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, even a broken clock is right twice a decade. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> hey, I'm 47. That makes me right like what four times. Well, that, there you go. Uh, oh, so, oh, <laughs> I can't even do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, uh, yeah, I just wanted to throw it out there. Is you know anybody excited? Uh, where we wait? I, I didn't realize it's opening same day globally, which uh, Marvel does not do anymore. Marvel usually gives it to Europe first. Uh, so it's interesting that Batman v Superman is like, let's get as much money in that first weekend all at once. Um, it, it could be good, although uh, I think my son... in America... I, I think my, my son provided the best possible review there could be, and he didn't know he was, was he made me buy a box of the Batman cereal, which is chocolate strawberry, and I said, and this is my hope for Batman v Superman. Uh, it, you know, he said he ate a bowl and went, you know, this would have been good <laughs> if there wasn't strawberry. And that's how I feel maybe our reaction to Batman v Superman. Um, I don't know what the strawberry is, but I'm it's, pretty it's, sure there it's is. do you bleed. It's the big blue strawberry. It's, it's the big blue strawberry. Because, because I, I have said uh, if there's five minutes in which Aquaman kicks ass, I will forgive everything else. How so, could there ever be? Shut your filthy well, well, powder blue shirted mouth. Just the fact that Aquaman is even in it. I mean, okay, so <coughs> the movie has to set up Batman because Superman's established now. So they have to set up Batman. No, the movie does not have to set up Batman because there is no person in the world who doesn't, who doesn't know. know. But they Batman. have to introduce There's that a- universe as Batman. This this no, take on Batman. Because it's it's, it's just it, Batman. It's not. It's not so much as a setup. It, you roll into it. He comes in as Bruce Wayne. You see the reason why he's engaged. You already know he's Batman. I don't think it's necessarily as, as stupid as it sounds. Yeah. Okay. Um, but but they've got Batman as a as a nemesis for Superman, and then they've got Lex Luthor, and then they've got Zod slash Doomsday. I mean, it's it's there's too much, and then there's Wonder and Woman still, in there somewhere. And still, where there's an Omega effect, and we know that there'll be a Flash, and because of the toys, we also know that there will be a Cyborg, and there will be, and we know there's an Aquaman because the Aquaman figures available to Target right now yeah. uh, very much look like Jason Momoa. There's no question that that's. I do love like, I, was gonna say, I love yeah. the fact that Luthor is everyone's pal in this one. It's like Lex except. He's not. I well, mean, he's not, but, he, but he's you know, acting that way. But you know what it is? There was a, was it a Newsweek profile, Business Forbes? They actually ran like a, an infotainment article. On Luther? A tr- uh, and it, it, is, it, is, it is Alexander Luther Jr. It is oh. the red-headed one oh. that was bearded in the 90s who, who befriended Supergirl, who, who was re- revealed to be Lex, the original Lex, uh, right. eventually. But... Posed yeah. as being this friendly, you know. So I, I, I think that explains the hair, um, everything. I still think it's an interesting casting. I don't. I'm oh, not yeah. a huge Jesse Eisenberg fan, but I think putting him in that, I can see that as the young guy who can't stand that there's one thing he's not good enough as, you know. And again, I'll push back to Superman: American Alien number four. If you want to get into into Lex Luthor, it was just last month uh, a comic because this is about comics. After all, it is a comic oh, book character. Oh, comic books? I had a friend say this like recently about the Batman Killing Joke adaptation that's coming. Because I just can't get into the cartoons, but you can get into the live action, but you can't get into the cartoons, which are probably closer to what the comics actually are. Yeah, yeah. Right. you know. And sorry, Drew, I didn't mean to call you out there, but you know, it's a. Uh, <laughs> But except he did. Except he did. But I mean, but it, that's an interesting reaction to me because except I've always he loved loves uh, Clone Wars. 
and, and Star uh, No, Wars I'm talking a different Drew. Oh, different so, Drew. Okay, um, sorry. You know, anyway, <laughs> both of whom have been on the podcast, though. Yes. The Drew Wars. Uh, so, anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, think, I, I think one of the most disturbing things that I just heard in the last five minutes, though, was that, and we know this is going to exist because of the toy that's coming out. Yes. And I'm oh, came out, by the way. Now you can get it already. Out. You can All go right. to Target and you can get that pack. Which, by the way, Target learned its lesson. Uh, Wonder Woman is in the five pack. No hashtag where's Wonder Woman uh, internet charge. But it, so but that's, it's, a, it's, it's a lot like back when, that's uh, important. when the Ewoks were released by Mattel before the movie actually came out. Uh, I'm and sorry, I, Charles. That was Kenner. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I almost tried to geek you. <laughs> I don't know why you do that. Uh, anyway, it's like coming to a, a gunfight with a knife, uh, but you know one the, of those that goes into the handle too. Anyway, oh, good. Nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I, it bothers me that uh, just like with with all theater and film, it bothers me that the mainstays and the money makers kind of rule the universe when there's so much creative talent there on the small end. And by small, I mean financially small. And well, I think I think this is the last of that because uh, there's there we mentioned it earlier. A little film called Deadpool, which had its budget cut. Yes, it was so awesome. And it was great. And people haven't noticed, you know, it, quietly, it beat Star Wars: The Force Awakens yes. record for achieving one billion. Uh, you know, the globally, speed of which. the speed of which. I mean, I don't right. know if it has the staying power. But that is that has people scrambling. It and still things are changing. Top four films this week. De- Deadpool, I think, is and should be is yeah. us as a public supporting Deadpool is our way of saying, okay, come on, can we please have R-rated movies again? <laughs> let's let's get moving forward here. Let's but there's still room for PG real. because Zootopia is also doing very well and rocks. Yeah. So yeah. Don't, just don't listen to the song. Ninety-nine percent. It's Woo. too late. I've I've listened I have not to the song. Seen it. I am I'm no spoilers. I, I've seen it. Oh, it's, sing. Don't it's worry. good. I but won't sing. I can't. It. I will shake my butt like Shakira though. If that's <laughs> I'm your, your hips don't lie. What's next on the agenda? Miss uh, <laughs> Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Oh, or as I call it, today. Tim Burton's X Men. Yes. No, that's unfair because the the novel by Ransom Riggs, which actually from Quirk Press. Yeah. Um. Was it, it is a very uh, people are staring at me. Are you familiar with the novel? I had yeah. it in my hands yeah. like three times. I was this close to buying it each time. And I don't know if this is true or if <laughs> this is tease. just their press store, their their press release. Is that basically Ransom Riggs had found like these really weird photos of children, and so wrote a novel putting this this weird ancient old photography together, justifying it. And I read there's a, there's a graphic novel adaptation I think from Quirk as well, and that's a, a couple of years ago they've started doing this free comic book day on Halloween, mm. and so they had given away the first chapter of the of the graphic novel. My daughter read the book. I have not. It's always it's been on my list of can I add that to my stack? How many years before I get to it? <laughs> you know, and uh, I'm feeling good. I actually read the Powers uh, novel that was sent to me, so I, I can say that on the podcast. It's actually really good if you're a Powers fan. Um, it's not going to make sense otherwise. But anyway, this novel's been around for a while. First time I saw it on the stands went, oh, this is very obviously destined to be adapted by Tim Burton into a film. And then but, but, shortly... But there's no Johnny Depp, so it can't be a Tim Burton film. No, there's Eva Green, who is now his, uh, his muse. Oh, she's okay. great. And she looks fantastic. Yeah. And did Danny yeah, Elfman like do the music? You know, I, I, I don't know. I forgot I to look know. that up. 
Um, I feel like they've all broken up. It's like a marriage. Yeah. That no, 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 no. They haven't. It's just, uh, I know that there had been a breakup for a while between yeah. Danny Elfman and Tim Burton. I think this is just he's going for a very different vibe because I think Danny Elfman was still working on Alice and Through the Looking Glass, and uh, uh-huh. but the music felt very different than its standard Danny Elfman score. So I don't know. Yeah. He's been doing that lately. His soundtrack for Silver Linings Playbook was really different. I didn't recognize it as Danny Elfman until I saw the credits. So by the way, yeah. I remain a Danny Elfman fan, but I also. Yeah, yeah. I also am a fan of someone like Tim Burton, whose art artistry I love, but who yes. has gotten stale. Like I can predict where he's going to twist. Right. He's teamed up with Jane Goldman, who wrote Kickass, by the way, and okay. X Men First Class. So and Stardust, which I love the Stardust oh, adaptation. Yes. So, cute, so she yeah. is a she is a screenwriter who is well suited to shake up. Tim Burton sensibility while still staying within Excellent. Tim Burton sensibility. So okay. I have hopes cool. for this film. Watching the watching the preview for the film, uh, I I thought of um, Inkspell. What is the, no Inkheart? Inkheart. Uh, Maybe where they're trapped in the house and they have to the animals are all coming inside. And there's a boundary. I, I haven't seen Inkheart. No, I haven't seen Inkheart, so I, yeah. I can't speak to it, it. But it did. It did. It did invoke in me something that I didn't. I didn't immediately go. Oh, here we go. It's another Tim Burton film. It feels. Um, it feels brighter. It feels I did lighter. See the X Men immediate X Men thing, but but uh, there's something else going on. It's almost. A, a, from the graphic novel chapter excerpt I read, it's almost also a little Harry Potter-esque. Like, there are forces. It's one of those, there's a dark world underneath our own, and all right. this has been going on, and we don't know it. Okay. And um, the the graphic novel begins with the, uh, not Cody Smith McPhee, the kid that was, uh, that yeah, was no, Hugo. That was Hugo. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, he's the lead in this. In, he, he was in, also Ender in Ender's Game, wasn't he? That's right, that's yeah, right. Uh, in, in the novel, he is an old man, and he has forgotten it all, and he's he's flashing back oh, and okay. rediscovering what had happened in the 40s. Sort of like, uh, yeah. So, you know, it, it's, an, it, it, it's an interesting frame. I don't know how much will stay in Jane Goldman's script, but it does look interesting. And you can see the trailer on fanboyplanet.com. The, yeah. mu- the music for uh, Miss Peregrine's is done by, uh, ah, just scrolled off. But it's uh, it's not Danny Elfman. So it's uh, it's uh, Fred Durst. Mike Hig- Higgum and Matthew Margeson. Margeson. Oh, oh, somebody knew. Margeson. I was just saying. I, I don't. I don't know. Oh, please. No need. Uh, we do want to say on the after having closed Cinequest 2016, we want to speak to a Cinequest 2015 success story. Yes. Meet the Hitlers, a documentary about people who have gone through their life with the surname Hitler. And uh, did you see it? You did you that? see it last year? I did not <laughs> see it. I did not see it. It was. It's a. It's a very straight up documentary. Uh, but I remember you liking it because you I, talked I about it on this year's uh, CineQuest podcast. Yeah. The um, the it's it's quite an amazing thing where you have all these different people and for the different reasons that they kept the the surname Hitler instead of changing their name. Um, some quite frivolous, some quite serious, some a little bit dark and brooding. Um, but it's it's now it's been it's picked up on April fifth. Uh, video on demand and DVD, and it's now it, now it, under the auspice of Mer- Morgan, Morgan Spurlock, which is like the second time today that I've referenced Morgan, or this week that I've re- referenced Morgan Spurlock. Yeah, because I forgot to mention that, of course, launching on Free Comic Book Day is uh, Comic Con HQ, the combination of Comic Con and Lionsgate, which will provide because you know I I was in danger of having free time, twenty four seven access to Comic Con programming, including original programming, but 
but five days of live casts of panels, at live streams of panels. And, and why I referenced uh, Morgan Spurlock is I was at a press conference at Comic-Con five years ago when he did that comp, uh, not comic book, the movie, that was the, the Mark Hamill one. Um, the, what's his called? A, fan, uh, a, a Fan's Hope? Comic-Con A Fan's Hope? Now you've blown it. Out was of my a, brain. I, I know there's a film. Uh, Michal was in it. That's yeah. why I remember. Um, We're all just gonna look at you, adoring. I know. I, I think it was a fan. I really appreciate I, uh, the fandom menace. You're beautiful. Maybe. Um, but anyway, uh, that uh, at this press conference, he said, you know, with the attendance and uh, the popularity of Comic Con, the only logical thing now is to just webcast it. And now they're doing it with, uh, and they will do a beta. They did not actually release how much it will cost to subscribe. They're beta testing it with Free Comic Book Day, which I think May 9th, uh, the weekend, whatever weekend that Captain America Civil War opens. Yes. Um, and because it's, it's always the first, no, it's May. It's the first Saturday of May is, a Mar- is Marvel yes. weekend. Oh, right. Now, it's kind of so. interesting because I, I think ours. you can't, it's just not on the free yes, web. You have to have a subscription to something? No, you can, you sign up to be a beta, to be the free beta until Comic-Con, and then they're going to lower the boom of what the cost is. Yeah. They haven't said what the cost is. And the people who did this But for right, nerds of, a, of a, a certain color, this will totally work. But the people who did this absolutely right was the Star Wars celebration. Mm-hmm. Because they just put it out there. They just it was that anyone was could anyone could tune in and watch right, but that's just the, the celebration. That's just the three days. Right, Comic Con and Lionsgate are going to do regular shows. There will be a Her Universe regular weekly. There will be uh, Adam Sessler. Right, basically they're reviving the I'd say the best of G four because ah, the people from okay. Attack of the Show are doing something. Oh, okay. Adam Sessler is doing his own. I'm not so excited about Attack of the Show. I was not that big a fan of that, yeah. but I, I do day. like I do I did like Adam Sessler on oh, X Play. Yeah. So he's going to take take something there. So I'm, I think it's overdue. I think it's interesting because Wizard World has been doing it too, to not great returns because they don't have the Comic Con name. Because they're, when yeah. you talk about Comic, if, if Wizard World comes to town, somebody still says, "Hey, are you going to Comic Con?" And they mean Wizard World. So they actually have Comic Con. <laughs> they don't have their own name yet. No, well, I mean, in, in I don't there are brand. there are lawsuits going on about right. this. You know, see, I'm not all that excited about the special programming. What I want to have <laughs> is since Comic Con has become this incredible, incredible ordeal to attend. Right. If you can win the lottery and have your district nominate you to go into the Hunger Games, <laughs> I volunteer as oh tribute <laughs> every damned year, and I am sorry afterwards, but I, I go. Will save Derek, and I will go to Comic Con. <laughs> Uh, no, you won't. I'm the boy who's on fire. But uh, <laughs> wow! You no, so, shut up. So the, but to to go ahead and say we're not going to cut into our profit by broadcasting this amazing content that will disappear otherwise. You're not going to see this this experience again. It's going to. But well, if you I, broadcast you're right, it, I think Comic Con is all about the smells. You're right, and you can't reproduce <laughs> that on. Um, sometimes bacon? no, no, it's never bacon. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, I, I, you know, this is because what? What, what will not what will not be brought and, and can't be webcast is that dealer's floor, that exhibition hall. You can you can take a camera through and everything, yeah. but it's not the same thing as the tactility of being there. I don't think yeah. that cutting into. I would agree with you, Rick. And I don't know. They might say five days free. Go ahead, sign up and be there, and but you can watch all these panels. If I'm in, if I'm at Comic Con, I sometimes can't even get into Hall Room, right? Uh, hall, and, hall if room I, and if I'm Comic Con, uh, Hall Ball H, Ballroom Hall, <laughs> Hall H, which uh, was somewhere I just saw was a was a an Easter egg in one of the things. Ticket, uh, yeah. Um, it, 
if I were if I were Comic Con and people are pirating these anyway, despite everybody's attempt say, say let's not broadcast on the web. Right. I'd say take a piece of it, control the broadcast, yeah. have everybody at least going and giving you the traffic, yeah. rather than than say some fly by night site like Oh Fanboy Planet picking up somebody's pirate pirated you know video for thirty from it. seconds. It Actually, I don't killed. run those. I don't run those for the very are. reason that. They ask us not to. They yeah. very specifically don't, and yeah. I respect that because I get it. You, it's harder and harder to control the message. Why shouldn't Comic Con have the right the to? But no, I think, we can't. But I'm not going to be part of that. Right. Uh, of that. But I can get down and walk the floor all all through Comic Con. But I can't necessarily get into those. Uh, you know, what percentage of people get into get into the ballroom or the hall? Yeah. Know, well, they, let's ask Charles because he's been proven good at math. If it's 140,000 attendees, 6,500 can get into Hall H. Three percent. Okay, you know <laughs> that Wars. might be right, um, but they have expanded because Marriott will be finished with their ex- two extra ballrooms. Good, so they'll they cover are going the to have num- more. They'll, they'll uh, expand more the number balls. of people. They, on have, the they will too. have more balls. No, they will have more panels because again, I don't know. You're outside this world, but this is a hu- in San Diego. This is a huge controversy. Last summer, and this is my favorite story of 2015. <laughs> the San Diego Tribune <laughs> ran a survey and asked their readers. Which would they rather keep, the Chargers or Comic-Con? And the majority voted for Comic-Con. Yeah! <laughs> because the Chargers keep more of their money. Comic-Con, yeah. for five days, contribute more wins. money into the San Diego economy right. than anything else does you all You have a long. restaurant, you won't have empty chairs during You will Comic-Con. not. That's very you will true. Not. They'll be so. very interestingly dressed for patrons. But no, we love that. And we they will eat yeah, a lot. I love, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, Anyway, that there's that. Uh, let's go to. Oh, speaking of fan driven, we are going to talk. Hopefully, right? We haven't gotten confirmation yet, but they have been very interested in talking to us. No, we just have to tell them when we want to. The meet. people from uh, Legion M, which is the first fan, or I'll just call it crowdfunded, but fan owned movie studio that announced, and you could put in and sign up to say, "I'd like to be a backer." They're not accepting backing yet. But it will okay. be crowdfunded. But it will be crowdfunded. To an extent. They may and get what, other... what do they propose to, to do as a movie? Why do I want to That's the, the question, isn't it? Um, yes, that's why They I have asked. a keen logo. Oh, and the, <laughs> and the M Sign looks, me up. They've but I will say... They've uh, the, uh, the M looks very much... And this is going to be my paranoia, but Rick, you're a bit of a font aficionado. Yes. The M looks a lot like Madefire to me. And so my suspicion would be they're not going to announce who they've allied themselves with. But Madefire would be a very logical because they're also pushing, right? They've got a... a Madefire. What is that movie that they're going to send that's along the line of Sausage Fest that they're going to... Um, uh, <laughs> sausage su- Fest? Tsunami, tsunami Tuna. Tsunami Tuna. So it's they've got so an animated... And Sausage Fest is a, jo- a Josh... Um, it's a Seth Rogen, right? Seth Rogen. Yeah. Why did I say yeah. Josh? Seth Rogen just announced he's got this animated film about sausages. I may have to cut this. I'm not sure if this is still under embargo. Oh. The Clean trailer's it. out. The trailer's out. The trailer's yeah. out? Okay. Yeah. I saw it on For online. Sausage Fest, oh, you yes. saw it? Good, okay. Uh, Tsunami Tuna is officially... But it, you're right. That may still be embargoed. Yeah. Um, so we'd say, it looks like Made Fire. I wouldn't be surprised. There are things. We saw at Cinequest 2016... Yes. Mono, Mono had Mono. been adapted into Barco Escape. Did you get to see it? I did not. It I, was amazing. This is personally not the programming. My t- my personal my personally worst Cinequest ever because I could attend so little of it. Barco Escape is a, a three screen process. Barco is a projector company for movies, and so they're trying okay. to 
create Basically, this you language. can go in for for $100,000, you can convert an existing theater into a Barco Escape Theater by adding two screens that are running at about about 30 degrees off of the center off the main screen and you put two two more high definition cameras that are all synced in together. Right. So the films that are made for this are shooting at a very, very wide-angled, slow. You know, it's like I'm using my fingers, which is great on a podcast. Yeah, it's like do this it. often. It's, we it is really literally look one third, one thing. third the the height of of letterbox, but right. three times as wide. Okay. But you divide that up so you can shoot it. So you can shoot it as all one continual panorama, or you can do different things on different screens. That is just that is just so head exploding. As somebody who's an adult with ADD, if you gave me three different screens. In a movie theater to look at, in addition to my popcorn and my soda, I would. And your cell phone. Don't forget your cell phone. I've well, been no, to movies I, with you. I actually no, I turned that off. Oh okay. yes, I'm very good about that. But the good. girl sitting next to me. That's no, a but no, but story. it's an interesting. It's, just, it's an interesting Lang uh, film grammar. We had VJ. What what is his stage name? Uh, I call him VJ. Yeah, we had VJ on. He directed the feature for it, he which changed was his name. It screwed me up. I, I know it messed me up too. No, it was. Uh, that's getting cut. Mr. Invincible. Yes. Mr. Invincible. And they had the rough cut at Cinequest. It wasn't even and a rough cut. It was an assembly cut. Okay. And so it, it was generated by Cinequest itself because they'd run screenwriting competitions. And so they took one of their scripts. They shot it. And the, the thing is, it's a new language. Each screen tells you a different... He had done a short last year where it was about someone helping his, da- a man helping his daughter through uh, re- recovery from addiction. Okay. And the battles that were going on. And then the other screens were flashing back to... How he had gotten to this point, how he felt he'd betrayed his daughter, and she, and from her point oh, of view. God, that, I, so you're seeing the different narratives. It's interesting, and I will grant you, it's, uh, by the way, we've said it, described it, it sounds like in the wrong hands, it could very well be not for everyone. But, but you know, as someone here for peers, uh, an immersive theatrical experience, this right. is exactly what it is. Wherever you're paying attention, it's a different story. Do you right. Nashville? The, the I've Al- never seen Robert it, but Altman. I know what you're talking about. So yes. Altman's Nashville, it's like I, I believe he did use the the divided up screens in that for for different shots. I may be getting that part wrong, but Altman always has dialogue running over other dialogue anyway. Right. So I think his Long Goodbye did that too. So when you're when you're watching one of his movies, you might pick up some dialogue, and you watch it again, you pick up some other dialogue, and that's one of right. those things that theaters right now are trying to do things that differentiate themselves from what you can do in your home. When in reality, screen, you can do it on your t- your TV with screen and screen if you've got your app running what, what, I can't, still can't remember what it was that Disney had and uh, Warner Brothers had it for a while too where you could hold you up your cell phone it would sync screen. up oh, yeah. and the yeah, second yeah. screen that yeah, was, it, right. it, it's like it's like the time I was at a convention and said what's that what's that Doctor Who episode crossing over two doctors two doctors you know I know it's two doctors what's the name of that episode which and I believe one? you were the one that had it's your called. head exploded Chris <laughs> The two doctors. I know. I tell no. I tell the anecdote all the time because I thought I was going to kill you. Like there was an aneurysm going on. I, I wasn't purposely trying to kill you, but I saw your head start to pulsate like a like a Martian listening to Slim Whitman. Um, and so uh, you know, it was a. It made sense to him. It made sense to Louise. I'm playing. I'm playing for the you know the backseat. Louise is very very patient. I'm with being the, good to you, and I appreciate it. I do. Um, so anyway. Uh, so what we're talking about, <laughs> Legion M, we're going to talk to these guys about their crowd, their crowdsourced, fan-owned movie studio. But your criticism coming sight unseen is what they haven't announced is any of their properties. It's right. all fine and dandy because my argument back is I've seen some terrific fan. conceptually fan films, right. I should say. Right. Um, 
I, and I'll say again, because I'm going to sit down with Vic. We have an interview in, in abeyance with Vic Mignogna from Gallifrey One, the guy doing Star Trek Continues, which yeah. is like, oh, my God. Yep. That is such a beautiful duplication. And the thing is, I, and I, I don't want to besmirch anyone, but I, at the same time, the same night that I saw that episode, someone had released onto the web a Secret Six fan film that Gail Simone touted. It's like, these guys are great. And I'm like, no. It's like, <laughs> they can do this great digital effect, but they're not great storytellers. It's like the trailer for Grayson years ago that everybody right. went ape over. If you've ever seen Grayson, look it up. It's a beautiful... It's a, it's but there's beautiful. no story there. But there's no story because I know people in Hollywood lot who have read his full-length fe- full feature script and said, it makes no sense. The guy teamed up Image Comics characters with DC Comics characters with Marvel Comics characters. Had no idea how impossible it was. Right. And, you know, and, and so the problem with fan films is we see... Well, People can, can make you cool. I mean, like the Batman v Superman trailer, I can look at that and go, that looks pretty awesome. But hopefully if you build a studio for fan yeah. films, then you have the infrastructure of people who can say, no, we're the adults in the room and you can't do this. And here are the lawyers who will get us the rights to do that. It seems we'll get like the, the people, which I, I didn't bring this up, but we I think it's a good transition to TV. That Star Trek Axanar lawsuit yeah, yeah. got answered by Paramount this week. Start, they got what? Answered. Start. Uh, the people from Axnar tried to sue, saying, you have to define what Star oh, Trek so they is. And, and the lawyers pushed their taped up glasses up and said, all right, this is what Star Trek is. And apparently there's a huge document discussing every <laughs> single one of these. Like, Has it been pirated on the web yet? I, I haven't oh, seen the full document I want because document. I was too busy laughing at the headline. <laughs> But you will be able to hear in the Vic Mignogna interview, I asked him, like, why can he do Star Trek Continues and why couldn't Axanar? Yeah, and because Axanar is making money. Uh, no, actually, it's a different, en- a different entity because the headlines are confusing this. The Axanar people ended up having to sue Star Trek, uh, to sue Paramount because they own theatrical movie rights. If you do a fan film over 85 minutes... It becomes a movie. Oh, God. And Axnar is a movie, not a TV series. And the people from Star Trek Continues, also, you're right, not making any money. Vic Mignogna has taken a bath on that. It is a true, true labor, labor of love, love. Yeah. and worth every penny of his broken heart. Um, of, of all the anime. Or his broken wallet. All the, uh, yeah, all the yeah. anime money that he's made as a voiceover that has gone into that is worth every penny. The sets are incredible. Everything about that is incredible. Um, the scripts, man, the scripts, uh, the scripts are, are great. So I saw White for, Iris. For that it made me cry. The one that's the sequel to the Mirror Mirror. Universe. Yeah, but that's Have a different kind of cry. No. It's amazing. Yeah, it, it, it's beautiful. But it's considered TV, so they deal with CBS. They don't, or CBS dash TV. They don't deal with Paramount, and that's where Axanar made the mistake. Crossed over. If they had done a miniseries, they CBS TV. Has a much more, shall we say, open understanding. Can they still family. go back and retool it into a miniseries? I think the genie's out of the bottle, or the cue's out of his dimension, if you will. <laughs> um, yeah, all, all Paramount <laughs> has to has to claim is damages. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, all they have to do is damage him once, and that's it. Trelane has escaped ah, his parents. Is what I want to say. <laughs> get back to the. I wanted to go to classic. It needed, it needed to be a TNG. It, 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 it needed to be a TOS. Would you uh, like yeah. another Tranya? 
<laughs> I hope someday you shall relish it as much as I. Is there no truth in Paramount? Eat no. the apple. Eat the apple. No, don't reference that episode. Good God. Bitter dregs. Oh, God. Okay. Um, anyway, oh God. <laughs> you should look up because it's free. Star Trek Continues is totally is completely free. And why I say you should look it up is because uh, the episode I saw, White Iris, which is, which is kind of deals with... Um, Kirk's guilt over all the women who have died. <laughs> no, I mean, it sounds funny, but it's not. It's tremendously moving. And the amazing thing about Vic Mignon is, I don't think he looks that much like Shatner, but his physicality is so perfect. And I told him that. It's like, he doesn't sound like him. It's just... But it's but he, like everything I loved Kirk. about right. Right. Shatner's performance right. as Kirk is right there. And but it's, I, love Shatner I don't know if I could Kirk. buy it because, I mean, the whole point of the series was his first love was always the ship. I mean, okay, that's why. Now, it, well, no, no, no. Now you have my email address. Watch it. Email me. Whether you say, Derek, you are right or Derek, you are wrong. Whichever hurts your fingers less to type. Um, <laughs> fair, fair enough. Be, fair enough. We'll, uh, I will accept that. I will accept fingers. that. Yeah. I know because I know how much pain I've caused Charles in the past. <laughs> I have needles Thank in Thank heavens keyboard. for dictation. Oh. Whenever I uh, type Derek at Fanboy Planet, suddenly needles pop up. And which, by the way, keys. is not my email address. That may be why there's needles popping up. Ah. I haven't gotten any of those emails. <laughs> so it's I thought you just didn't For the anymore. record, it's editor at fanboyplanet.com. Ah. Uh, let's go to television quickly. Of course, in two weeks, we have the Supergirl Flash crossover. Oh, God. Which it... Oh, which is the episode, and I, I, I see Chris Erickson in the back going, yeah, I'm with you, man. I think this is the greatest thing. But that it is, to my disappointment, that they are parallel worlds. Uh-huh. But they do need to establish that because, I, back to Batman versus Superman, is that when you establish a flash there that is not Grant Gustin, right. they're trying to set, the, set an audience to be ready for, there is always going to be a different version. And, if they're, and they all still exist, and they're all, and which is how what fans have already accepted. How many right. Batman's do we have now? Uh, since too many, since which is a good name for a good story. Too yeah. many, many Joker's do we have? <laughs> too many Jokers, Myself definitely. On Gotham alone, apparently, Laurie yeah. Petty appeared this week as as a new Joker-like character. Uh-huh. So I hope that's not a spoiler because I, I, I haven't watched it, but I saw her picture, and they said, "Oh, she's another." You know, which I, I do like the idea because that's very uh, that's that, very Scott Snyder. Have we had? Characters crossover across networks before. Yes, regardless of who the yes, X Files and Homicide: Life on the Street crossed over. Oh, really? Richard Belzer as Inspector Munch, who's also Law and Order, SVU, appeared on an X Files episode as Munch because he was a paranoid uh, conspiracy theorist. And I can't remember what episode of the X Files it was, but there was also going to be. It was rewritten in X Files: Picket Fences. Fox CBS crossover, but they took it out of the last minute. Happen, yeah. And it's it's completely non comic book, you know, genre. But uh, Ali McBeal and the practice and the practice did yes, that's true. Uh, yes. All actors were written into both scripts, and you got to see them yes in their different universes. So it has happened before. People, yeah, yeah. the C, the, the Supergirl Flash it. works better because CBS and the CW are owned by CBS TV, right? You know, by Viacom. So that makes sense. But uh, anyway, I was just hoping they did exist in the same universe so that it would get easier to cross over. Yeah. But, okay. Well, now someday we can do the Grant Gustin with, um, what's his name for the movie? Uh, with the with the, the movie version of The yeah. Flash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, which he's already said. I, I know, I, I can't remember his name right now either. Yeah. I blanked on it. But he's already given an interview that the actor playing him in the movie has said that I, I just want one scene in my Flash movie right. where I run so fast that I look over to the left, 
a space uh, something opens in the space time continuum right. and you see Grant Gustin running alongside right. me right. because he's doing a hell of a great job and I'm like and they've already right. had Grant Gustin do that kind of thing on you the know, show so. and if he hadn't said that I'd hate him but because he said Ezra Miller that's his name that's right and if Ezra Miller hadn't but because he said it I'm like alright you're one of us you're okay. I'm, I'm, I'm with, I will watch that film. I don't know if I'll love it, but I will watch that. The reason I won't love it is because it's written by, it's directed by the guy who wrote Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and Abraham Lincoln uh, Vampire Hunter. Uh, but he's not a director. Seth Graham Smith. Uh, so we, we shall see. Um, he wrote the script for Dark Shadows, and that sucked. Um, so back to Tim Burton. How do you really feel? It sucks. Uh, so uh, just so uh, just in case. so disappointed. Don't hold back. Yeah, I actually know Rick and I sat, and Rick and I both going like, we remember. You know, watching Dark Shadows and being like, oh, oh, but that was my behind the couch show. Like, my parents would be right. really mad yeah, yeah. if they caught it's me like watching Dark Shadows after. Yeah. Which is which was cool because it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. Right. So they couldn't catch me very often. <laughs> still shining outside. Um, uh, no, no, I was, no, I, I was preschool. Honestly, I was watching that. You know, okay. so my cousins would watch it like on vacation and go. But, and so Rick and I saw that movie and we were like so excited. Dark Shadows, yeah, this is like a favorite movie, a favorite show from our childhood. And that movie was like, well, that was that was disappointing. Uh, yeah. well, what, I, what, what did I say is the new thing? Oh, that was an airport Monte Cristo. Yes, uh, that is my new Ooh. level of, of <laughs> disappointment when you should know better and you give oh. in anyway, and then it still exceeds your disappointment levels. I'm going to use that. Air, please do. <laughs> airport I would, Monte Cristo. Before I die, I want a slang term to make it in that I can say I was the first to say <laughs> that. I will say you coined it, sir. The, Thank the, you. The roof of my mouth is already understanding. You understand. <laughs> yeah, For the record, this Airport Monte Cristo was uh, actually ah. corned beef on French toast oh. with tomatoes uh, and cheese. Oh, the only no. Monte Cristo experience there was the a bur- Monte Cristo bur- would have been better. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Was the was the burnt roof of your mouth? I think that was the yeah. feeling I had watching Star Trek in the Darkness. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Oh, All right. Next thing up, person of interest has been confirmed as coming back Yay. and then going away forever. Uh, this is the last, but that had long been rumored. But we do want to mention it because way back in the, the, I think at the end of the first season, uh, Rick's son Justin came on and talked about it. Yeah. As and this goes to my ever growing Netflix queue of. Things when I retire, or get the get the guts to take two weeks of PTO just to watch television. It's a very clever show, and and maybe like have a little glucose feed so I don't starve because <laughs> I can't you know go. About that way with uh, Black Mirror. Ah, oh, see, uh, I've only oh, watched one episode of Black Mirror, and it's on my queue. So yes, Keep watching. Yes. So first of interest is like one of those that absolutely does. It's uh, a great show. It's a really good show. Uh, it, it gets it's a procedural, so it gets a little. It's hard to watch. So in large it as good as Lucifer. No, it's yeah. it's it's hard to watch. <laughs> this is like mentioning I have like I have two. I now realize I have three things to make Rick go, which is sort of like the it, it's the uh, sideshow Bob hitting himself with a rake uh, yeah. moment. Uh, is I can reference Lucifer, the movie Jonah Hex, or uh, the sci-fi version of Flash Gordon. So uh, well, to be honest, most of those get you too. <laughs> they do, but so something he's willing wh- to hurt. Himself. I know, I know. <laughs> because how as long as you is. go first, as long as you go first, uh, um, it, this is going to hurt you more well, than it hurts him. me. That's yeah. true, it's but true. it is going to hurt him. It, it is, and I just get to. Watch. But what I'm hoping doesn't hurt is Preacher, the uh, AMC uh, oh, show from Seth Rogen yes. and Evan Goldberg, which uh, had they showed its the pilot at South by Southwest. I don't know if this is true. Because the internet has become like every other site is the onion, and you can't tell because they're not <laughs> because they're not well written enough for right. you to get the joke. Right. But the rumor is Tom Cruise Ugh. 
cameos in the Preacher pilot as a representative of Scientology and is killed. Wow. And if that is actually true, wow. then I don't care how the rest... It's sort of like my five minutes of Aquaman and Batman v Superman. Right. You forgive Tom Cruise. I will, I will watch... Cruise I will go through... I will go like you went through that Fast and Furious marathon. I will watch every Tom Cruise movie I have yet to see. I will even watch all the right moves. Easy. Uh, easy, no, buddy, I will watch easy. Cocktail. I will watch Cocktail. Damn. Uh, and, uh, I gained a deep appreciation for Vin Diesel's acting in that, that <laughs> All you need for Vin Diesel's acting is Groot and the Iron Giant. Yeah, Let's the Iron honest. Giant. Oh, no. Amen. Amen. That's, that's my movie. Which is coming out like, on Blue. I think they just can release another Blu-ray version, and oh, I am yeah. pitch black, man. Uh, oh, pitch black is awesome, yeah. but but the fact the that I can't, I can't even think... Of Vin Diesel's last line in Iron Giant without starting to cry. I know. Yeah, so um, please, and I it's dare really you just one word. So I'm sorry. Uh, it's a habit I have. Uh, say it. Superman. Oh. And yeah, it's you don't know, do you? Because you it, haven't seen the. My, Iron my Giant. heart hurts when uh, it you does. Say it. Oh You've my god! You've never seen the Iron Giant. I have. Charles. Actually, I'm no, because because Charles know. has no soul. I have um, children. Yeah. You didn't cry. I did. Oh, good. Okay. And, I just and, wanted to make him And cry. he will now. <laughs> no, no, no. I've got other things to make me cry now. But anyway, so it's going to debut on April 10th after the second season premiere of Fear the Walking Dead. Okay. So Sort of the slot that, uh, what was the other? Uh, the the, uh, the Walking uh, Dead? No, after the, <laughs> the other Walking Dead. The, the Talking the dead? dead? No. Uh, uh, ninjas. Chris Hart. Oh, oh uh, that you watched. Oh, yeah, that, Borderlands. Into the into Borderlands. the into the Borderlands. Into the Borderlands. So it's yeah. So it's, there was no Walking Dead in that. It was just awesome. No, it was just always no, after it was after Walking Dead. Dead. Yeah, it was after Walking Dead. Yeah, AMC just sort of would constantly. So the bottom of anyway, the I'm just hoping it's good because Preacher is yeah. one of the greatest graphic novel series by uh, as if it one of the greatest by Garth Ennis. No. By Garth Ennis, it is one of the greatest graphic novels, the Vertigo series that Vertigo has ever done. It's okay. a, it's a, it's a fantastic series. What? Who is the artist? Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon. Dillon, Dillon. Which I just went through my garage boxes and 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 got my copy of How to Be a Superhero, which is out of print, but from NBM Press, which is the same as Paper Cuts, the Steve Dillon illustrated guide from the '90s. If you have not found this book, try to find this. It is the funniest damn thing about how to be a superhero oh, before the before the uh, craze really hit. <laughs> and my favorite is what to do when you have flight, and it's a guy just knocking on an air, a crowded airport window and do, and flipping the bird <laughs> to everyone stuck because he can go and fly off. It is a joke that makes no me laugh. Cakes. No kicks. No kicks. Kicks uh, it, it goes into reasons for it, uh, you know, and what a good sidekick name is, and how to keep your sidekick from dying, and things like that. Nice. It's really, it's really clever. How to so, be a superhero? Yes, how to be a superhero. Why? So, uh, well, Steve Dillon's the artist. I can't remember who okay. the writer is, but I, I was so excited to find it in my boxes and boxes of books. I'm like, ah, I, I took it to my office of work because I'm like, I must never lose this again. Right. Um, let's talk games. We don't often talk games, but this is a big week for games. Yeah. Um, it's News. used this RPG game. Uh, what is this? Free RPG, Free RPG day. day. So if you do it right, aren't they all? Oh, yeah. Pardon me. Well, we call you know. It just depends. On we just call it playing pretend. Have. But anyway, go ahead. No, Free RPG Day is is by all the manufacturers of role playing game books and scenarios. So like Chaosium and you know, all the. All the all the people who put out the the core books and the manuals and such, but it's typically enough. They give you enough that you could get together with a bunch of friends and do an evening of, of RPG in any given system. And they tend to be available 
uh, on the different manufacturer's sites, there is a site, freerpgday.com, that will lead you to the sites that are participating. You go there and you can download um, like a, a, a startup manual and scenario and how to play stuff. Uh, I know that uh, the one I've been fixating on is a Chaosium uh, Call of Cthulhu scenario that's going to come out. It looks pretty awesome. So it, it's it's available down. <coughs> it's available for download online, but on that is, day. But once you've downloaded it, it is a non-computerized game. You're talking about a. Sit it's down a PDF. The table. It's a PDF like old, that you either uh, read on the computer. You will or have to out. actually talk to your children. Oh my God! Yes. I, I've been trying to uh, get my kids to uh, to step away from Magic the Gathering, which they've suddenly gotten into. Oh, and, excellent! Uh, uh, introduce them to Ogre, which, if you remember oh, from yeah. uh, from our childhood, was a, uh, one of the pocket games. I have many, many versions of Ogre yeah. since from the plastic baggy one that I yes. bought when I was in college. I got the one in the little plastic case that said yes. that it was nuclear proof. Yes, and prove me wrong. Yeah, I bought the hundred dollar one. That's about that by. That well, you well, guess who has the bigger nerd? You definitely have a, you've got a bigger. <laughs> it was, ogre it than was me, one of Mr. the first big. <laughs> there we go. It was Thank one you. of the first big kickstarters to go like over a million dollars in funding. Right. So, right. so uh, it's that sort of thing. You can download uh, the information on PDF, but you can actually play the game uh, in person, and you can turn your computers off. Right. Because yeah. we have on, sit around uh, the table on Sunday nights. We uh, our, our family we literally turn off the uh, the circuit breakers in the house. Wow! How do you live? It feels a little extreme, Charles. Well, it, it's a little extreme, but it does. It makes the point. We Doesn't that take the network down we, too? Yes, absolutely. It does. So it's they role play like uh, the founding fathers did. Right. Ben Franklin <laughs> could, could run a D and D campaign Lincoln used, like nobody's business. <laughs> Lincoln <laughs> used to do his D and D maps on a shovel with pieces of coal. Right. Yes. Every yeah. and, you know, oh and exactly. Gosh. Yes. And yeah. Anyway, so so it's it's nice to have uh, have the opportunity to early to, to bed, early to rise, makes a man a twelfth level cleric. Go ahead. <laughs> wow. So anyway, uh, it's it's Sunday, June 18th is free RPG day. Okay. So you go to that website. June 18th. June 18th. And for no extra cost, Charles will come and cut your circuit breakers. <laughs> uh, so you can play by candlelight. With a candle. <laughs> I like the idea that it's it's digital and you don't have to, like, I mean, free comic book day, It's they're trying to get people to go to the stores. These are not Which, uh, pe- we, we, these we promote. Yeah. I mean, we support that. I, I love free comic book. Day. I like. I like the idea that some of free comic book day might be digital versions of comics that you could download as well. Right. So the I would, you know, except I, 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 I get what you're saying. I fear that that would be defeating the purpose of getting people into comic shops. Well, if I, if I, if I liked it, I would go to seek out a comic book. Shop, I hope that's true. You know, I do hope that's true. Yeah. I mean, we know that with web comics. Well, I, I, I hear what you're saying, too. I, I like the idea that a, uh, a, a game download mm-hmm. that you can get to easily because we're all so programmed to just push some buttons with our thumbs on our phone to get the next big fix. Right. Uh, if you could download a game that got you interested into things, just like uh, uh, you know, Free Comic Book Day got my kids to actually go to a comic book store. Right. And now all of a sudden they go and they enjoy it and they've learned about it. It's a nice little like teaser that sits Phase out there. Phase one worked. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you one of us. So having a, a, a game that you can uh, you can download for free and then gets you interested in the idea of interactive human interaction. Yes. Which is something that I think I really enjoy about with, with my children. Is Terrifying. That Yes. And there's also International Board Game Day, and I can't remember what day that is, but it's another one of the ones where they uh, they promote it through right. gaming stores, and they'll have places to... to uh, well, we've mentioned for the, a couple of weeks ago how Borders is doing that as well. Uh, you know, Borders is doing board game nights. 
Oh, uh, and Chris brought the entire. Chris just whittled all over the table. <laughs> wow, okay. it's not that much. Uh, you know, the, we're the, in a bar. There are drinks. The, the other thing too that that that, it, that does tie in beautifully to uh, to peers is that uh, we do things that are comic book related, but also human interaction. Yes, and we do find ways to actually like communicate with each other and enjoy teaching history and or having fun while still. Uh, you know, the international language of Regency ballroom dancing. But yes. do, you, do, you pull, do you pull the circuit breaker on the uh, ballroom? Uh, we have once. Okay. Uh, we have uh, that once was just a figure of speech, uh, the, really. The, the mask of the red death ball, we did cut the power. No, that is the wrong one to do that on! <laughs> Everybody died. It was terrible. Oh, wow. It was really a changing of the guards when we had the new board show up just the next day. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay, um, but now uh, we've extolled the virtue of, <laughs> of interacting with real people. Um, something is about to drop on the market that is going to take that, that, that foolish, primitive human interaction away forever. Oh. Which is in two weeks, Oculus, uh, yeah. the Oculus Rift is actually coming. Um, I knew that's where you are going with uh, this. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, which uh, we should tie back to Silicon Valley Comic Con because the creator of Oculus Rift will be a guest there. It'll be the opening ceremony up high on a pedestal with Steve Wozniak, and then they will uh, burst into flames and, and a, a flock of doves Easy. will fly Easy. out. <laughs> um, you know, no, 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 I'm saying this is, this is what Wozniak has planned. And then it's going to go back in time and dial a joke will start up again. Uh, so, yeah, it's old enough to have dialed that, did not knowing that was Wozniak. Um, so anyway, uh, it is coming. It launches in two weeks with about 40 games ready uh, from a variety of like $5 to $20. Uh, I believe the, he- the set is like $600 to drop. Yeah, it was, uh, it was disappointing that it was that high, actually. Because, you people. know, it's owned by Facebook, and, and they're not doing well. Were they, so they, they well, but they're not making money on any of the sales. The, the headset technology is so... They've been able to pack so much into it that they're selling it more or less at cost. The goal is to get VR out there, not yes. to turn a profit yet. It's sort of like the, the Tesla scheme. Absolutely, yes. yeah. Okay. No. That was. It's unfortunate that they had previously said what their price was point was going to be with the same same reasoning that they were going to sell it at cost, and then it went up. So there's a lot of there is a fair amount of you know the gaming in the gaming community is nothing if they are not ability have an ability to hold on to their bad blood as much as as long as possible. <laughs> oh no, I'm not familiar with that in the gaming community no, at, all. at all. I mean, uh, it's not like sci-fi is uh, say doing an entire series based on that. Yeah. Um, uh, was called the Internet Ruined My Life. Well, uh, the woos are going to be on it. Uh, I mean, like so. to be fair, he, he had this idea about what the price was going to be back when the technology was much more primitive. I mean, they, they were, were using cell phone screens, and now they've moved up to these special custom screens, yeah, I think, yeah. are, and that's really needed because I have one of the, the dev kit twos, and it... The effect is pretty good, but you definitely can see the pixels, and you know it, it and now the pulls you out of it. Go right into your cerebellum, right? They, oh, they, absolutely. They dig right in, and uh, yeah, so it fires little, right down your optic nerve. It's it's it's, it's wonderful. Little, it's it's a pretty cool. Tender on the hole on the top of Chris's head. It's the little spot where <laughs> in the White Mountains they put the little right, cap. right. No, it's the Oculus Rift trepanation. Right, okay, yeah, that's yeah. good. And so, um, of course, PlayStation is not far behind. Sony now they are far behind. It's going kind to of about October 2016. For four hundred dollars, on top of having, uh, you have to have the PlayStation Four. But here's where what they have that Oculus Rift is not, which is an Oculus. They have a list of games that sound like they could be pretty cool, but people aren't familiar with them. With the exception of, they have licensed an Adventure Time game. Oh, cool! So 
<coughs> they have one there, and Charles just gave up completely. But what PS4 has, uh, what the Sony, what are they calling this now? The um, is this PlayStation VR Marvius. has a Star Wars Battlefront. So, oh wow! Now, will it be better than all the other Star Wars really badly done Battlefronts that have been out? This will be in VR. So wherever you look, actually, I've got a free option for you. Just download the Star Wars app, get yourself a Google Cardboard, and you've got Star Wars VR. I don't okay. think it's Star Wars Battlefront. I think it's a custom Star Wars experience. They're like the calling it the Tatooine. They've experience. got two things. They've got the Tatooine mm-hmm. experience, and then they have said officially it will it will hook into. Battlefront. Oh, really? Okay. So. Um, and then whatever else they've got going. Uh, like probably uh, the live performance of Resident Evil the Musical. Let's go on to the <laughs> high. Let's end on that. Uh, that's coming to Japan. Uh, I have no way to top that as an ending story for tonight. That's kind uh, of amazing. <laughs> that there is a, and it sort of feels like, well, that's uh, it makes sense. We've had Evil Dead the Musical. Yeah. Yes. Uh, there, there are one of the some of the other besides. Uh, isn't there another zombie musical? I'm, I'm looking at Charles. Like I think. I feel like I've tried to pitch a couple to City Lights that I've picked up uh, over the years. There was that Repo, the Genetic Opera. Repo, yes. the Genetic Repo Opera. The genetic years opera. Back. Yeah. yeah. That, and that was amazing, actually. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Oh, there, I know what it is. There's Night of the Living Dead musical as well. Ah. So, yeah, so movie, Resident Evil is, it's just, you know, it was Return only a better time. Dead, the movie was very music-esque. There was it was music. funny. It yeah, was funny. <laughs> wasn't quite. It wasn't quite the same thing, but I'm saying a live stage experience, right. which we could we could see. I'm coming uh, for you, Barbara. Would be a great song. <laughs> which I, I want to pitch. No, actually, oh. there's this fantastic, and I think this is the audience to pitch this to. There is a play called William Shakespeare's Land of the Dead, which takes place in 1599, and I'm I'm dying to direct it. No pun intended. Dying to direct <laughs> oh. this at some point because not only was it well plotted, the zombie apocalypse breaks out in London. And everyone's trying to escape to the globe because it's outside of the city limits. Okay. And uh, but the you have writing to do a monologue before you can allow it. No, in. no, no. They, they let people. Queen Elizabeth is is knocking on the door of the globe to get in. So the last survivors are in the globe, and it's got Burbage and and and, Richard, and Kemp and all these people. And so there's all these references and jokes to what we know historically was happening to 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 uh, in Shakespeare's time about the globe and about theater. But that it actually weaves in Romero jokes oh, all the nice. way through it, including Jack Kemp. Uh, it's not Jack Kemp. That's the politician. Kemp, Will Kemp, who is Falstaff, the first Falstaff, turns to Burbage and says, Are you scared? They're coming to get you, Burbage. And I thought, okay, this, this script is brilliant. So um, Samuel French has the rights to it. It's, you know, That's great. It's the only thing that will make me overcome. My deep, deep zombie phobia, because it's a brilliant, brilliant script. Awesome. So, but back to Resident Evil, the opera. You only see it in Japan, but it's only a matter of time before we see it, or it shows up on YouTube. So I think this has been a great night. Let's remind again to go to the piers, to the Doctor Dances on uh, the Titanic, 1912, on April 2nd. Very Correct. good. And then Captain America's Star Spangled Ball. Is on June fourth, nineteen forty-four. Nineteen forty-four. The first not, not Saturday. June 6th. It's always the first Saturday, which it's is the easy way to remember. Saturday. Yeah. Travel so back to nineteen forty-four. So once again, I'm going to give that. I know that that Rick will put it in there, but I, I say for people who are listening to it on their device, Piers P E E P E E R S D A N C E dot org. 
And you can find all information there. Yep. First Saturday of the month. And do not be afraid to show up. Our rule is smile and keep moving. If you do not know how to dance... I, ha- I have one other rule. If you see Charles, don't make eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> he senses movement. All right. So there's a reason that they let me play Jack Harkness. Yes. We'll leave it at that, I think. I call it brain damage. <laughs> uh, but as much as I love Catherine. Uh, so, anyway, thank you all for coming down here. Uh, so, uh, let's, uh, once again, sound check everybody here. It's My pleasure. Chris Knight. And I'm Charles McKeithen. And Louise Smythe. I'm Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to... Use your powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.